Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We are so grateful for your grace and your mercy, which has poured out upon us in such incredible abundance. Lord, you are faithful to us. You are a faithful God. Lord, you have called us, and you are faithful to do everything in us and through us that pertains to our calling. So help us, Heavenly Father, to know what it means to serve faithfully, to serve in our callings faithfully. But Lord, to know that we can be faithful because you were first faithful to us and because you remain faithful to us. So give us your Holy Spirit today. Open our hearts, open our minds. May we receive your word. And then, Lord, in the power of your Holy Spirit, may we believe it and live it in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to please stand for the reading of today's uh, scripture. Scripture is taken from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. Here the Apostle Paul wrote, Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of, of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Here ends the reading of God's word. You may be seated. Today I want you to know that you are called by God. You are called by God. Each and every one of us have received a calling from God. So you are called. You're called by God. Really, uh, every day you should be on a mission from God. You should be on a mission from God. So you're called by God. Many people would, would probably say, uh, you're called by God? Me? Not me. I'm not called by God. Uh, is, aren't aren't the, the, the spiritual superheroes called by God? Ordinary people like me, we're not called. But you are called. You've received a calling from God. I think that one of the biggest misconceptions among Christians is that they're not called by God because their life is too ordinary. So many of you may look at your own life and you would say, my life is too ordinary to be called 
by God. But you indeed are called by God. Now let's think back to the 12 apostles. Think of who Jesus called. Jesus called ordinary people. He called ordinary women and he called ordinary men to follow him. Jesus is in the business of calling the ordinary. There, there was nothing remarkable about those Jesus called to serve. None of them were considered to be of high esteem within society. They were ordinary fishermen, ordinary people, even tax collectors, even prostitutes. He calls ordinary people to serve him. So you're called by God. And God is faithful. And God is faithful. And because God is faithful to you, because he's faithful to you, you can remain faithful in whatever God has called you to do. So when we talk about your calling, and when we talk about uh, your ordinary life and my ordinary life, we need to think in terms of vocations. In terms of vocations. You probably have heard of vocations in the term of career or vocational training. Well, actually, the Latin word for vocation, vocatio, it literally means calling. It means calling. So when we talk about a vocation, we're talking about a calling. So what is, what is your vocation in life? What is your vocation in life? Now, when we talk about vocations, we, we're not just talking about your job. Each and every one of us, we, we have various responsibilities in life. We have various vocations in life. You may go to a job uh, five days a week, and that is a part of your calling. That's a part of your vocation. But your vocation is much more than that. You're also called to your family, right? And you have some responsibility within your family. So that's a calling. That's a vocation. You live within a community. You live within society. So within the community, within the neighborhood, within the state and the nation that you live, you have certain responsibilities. So that is also a calling. So vocation has to do with not only career, but family and society and also the church. Each and every one of you are a member of the church and each and every one of you are called to have a part and a piece within the life of the church or a responsibility within the church. Luther taught about Christian vocation, about the ordinariness of Christian vocation. And Lutheran author Jean Veith summarizes Luther, Luther's thoughts on vocation this way. Jean Veith uh, wrote this. He says, when I go into a restaurant, the waitress who brings me my meal, the cook in the back who prepared it, the delivery people, the wholesalers, the worker in the food processing factories, the butchers, the farmers, the ranchers, and everyone else in the economic food chain are all being used by God to give me this day my daily bread. So everyone who functions within society is actually a servant of God, even if they do not know they are serving God and serving us and serving society 
they are being servants of God. This is the doctrine of vocation, Gene Veith writes. God works through people. God works through people in their ordinary stations of life to which he has called them to care for his creation. In this way, God cares for everyone, Christian and non-Christian, whom he has given life. As Luther puts it, vocations are masks of God. On the surface, we see an ordinary human face, our mother, the doctor, the teacher, the waitress. But beneath the appearances, God is ministering to us through them. God is hidden in human vocations. The other side of the coin is that God is hidden in us. When we live out our callings as spouses, parents, children, employers, employees, citizens, and the rest, God is working through us even when we do not realize it. And when we fulfill our callings, we too are masks of God. So you're called by God. And you're called to be faithful to God in every vocation to which God has called you. So you're called to various vocations, your career, your family, your community, and your church. The Christian life is a life lived faithfully in every vocation and in every area of life. It's a calling from God, and it's a calling to be faithful to Him. And so we, we, we like to compartmentalize things, right? So over here, I, I have my job in this compartment. Over in this area, I have my family in, in this compartment. And then maybe I have my, my uh, friends and my hobbies and my interests in a different compartment. And then I put church in, a, in another compartment. And the problem is, is that, that oftentimes we do not allow God into every compartment. We don't let God into every area of our lives. In other words, you may go to work in the morning, and as you do your work, you may think that, that God has nothing to do with that. Or you might go out and, and play golf or, or go fishing or do whatever it is that you enjoy to do with your free time, and, and you might think that God has nothing to do with that. God wants us to be faithful in every area. Of our lives. You see, the Christian life is to be lived faithfully for Jesus in every single area of life. It's not just the church area. It's not just the church compartment in which God wants us to be faithful, but he wants us to be faithful 24-7, 365 days a year, when we go to work, when we're at home, with family, when we go to the places we go within the community. He calls us to be faithful to him because every area of life is a calling from God. So I ask the question, is God, God number one in each area? Is he the number one priority in each area? So you're called to carry out your vocations in every area as, as a work of faith, as a work of faith. Colossians 3, 23 and 24, the Apostle Paul wrote this. He says, whatever you do, 
Whatever you do, he says, work at it with all of your heart. So whatever you do in life, you're to work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. So whatever you do in life, do it for the Lord. Do it for him, first and foremost. So um, you're to carry out your vocations, your areas of responsibility, whether it's within career, family, community, church, as a work of faith. And whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. Not only that, but as a labor of love. Our lives as Christians are a labor of love. Is your motivation in what you do love for God and love for other people? Everything that we do in life ought to have that focus that I, am, that I love the Lord with all my heart, with all my strength, and that I love my neighbor as myself. So it's a work of faith, a labor of love, lived out with a steadfastness of hope. It's a steadfastness of hope that we're hoping and we hope, it's not a hope that says, well, I hope this happens, but it's a hope that says, I know this is true. A steadfastness of hope in God. My associate pastor in the church that I served in Western New York, uh, he worked um, as a volunteer pastor, which is always nice when, when somebody comes up and says, you know, I'd like to be your associate pastor and I'd like to work for free. That doesn't happen very often. And, uh, but he uh, worked as an attorney full-time and part-time. He was our associate pastor at the church I served in Western New York. Um, and uh, so he was bivocational. And his job as, as, as an attorney, he viewed as a calling from God. He viewed it as a calling from God. And um, every day when he would go to work in the, the law firm and the organization that he worked for, he would remember the words of Scripture. He would remember the words of Scripture. He would remember what God had called him to do and to be. You see, God had given him, given him the ability to serve people with disabilities. He was an attorney for people with disabilities. And he actually was given the opportunity to write many of the federal special education laws that exist today. So every day he views his vocation as an attorney, as a calling from God to serve and to help people. So in everything we do, we are called to be faithful to God, to love him, to love our neighbors. But I need to warn you, it's not easy to live a life that is faithful to God in this world. We live in a fallen world. We live in a sinful world. We live in a godless world. So the biblical worldview, the biblical worldview never has been and it never will be popular. But you are called to be faithful to God, to love God. And to love your neighbors, and that means that you uh, view things in the way that God views things. That's, that's a biblical worldview, and, 
and our world never has embraced a biblical worldview. During the time that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, uh, Paul says that when the Thessalonians turned to Jesus from worthless idols, that it was a difficulty for them. The apostle Paul actually describes their conversion not only as a time of joy, but also as a time of affliction. So you need to know that if you're going to live faithfully for God, that if God is your number one priority, that it's going to be hard. Faithfulness is not easy. So for the Thessalonians, their conversion and baptism into the Christian faith was not only a time of joy, but it was also a time of pain. Because they were committing themselves to being faithful to Jesus against the tide of the culture that they lived in. So, we've all noticed it. Biblical values are not society's values. So if you're going to remain faithful to God, it means life is going to be hard. Life will be difficult. Family relationships are going to be hard. Not everyone in your family believes. So family relationships are hard. But you're still called to be faithful within your families. The workplace is going to be difficult. Your coworkers and your boss will not uh, understand biblical values. You're not going to agree with everything that's written for your workplace policies. Sometimes your boss may ask you to do things that you know are wrong, and you'll need to take a stand. One guy that attended the church that I served in western New York was an executive overseeing product safety at a large company. And his boss was pushing him to, to, uh, to get this product to go into production, and he knew that it wasn't safe. And recently, this company's product has been in the news due to the fact that small children have died as a result of using this product. Your involvement in, in, in your community is going to be difficult. Your neighbors, they, they don't hold to biblical values. And even the church isn't immune. You see, as society drifts further and further from a biblical worldview, many within the church will also drift with society. And that's why the Apostle Paul warns us in Colossians 2.8, he says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. So even within the church, it has always happened, people have drifted away following these hollow and deceptive philosophies which take people away from the truth of God's word. And then in 2 Corinthians 11.3, Paul also warned us, but I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Faithfulness is not easy. Faithfulness is not easy in this godless and idolatrous world. Faithfulness will actually bring affliction. It'll bring affliction. 
In the same way as the Thessalonians turned to Jesus from idols. It was not only a time of joy, but it was also for them a time of affliction. But you, you brothers and sisters in Christ, here is the good news. You are called by God. You are called by God. And you can live faithfully. You can live faithfully. But, but listen very closely to me when I say those words. You can live faithfully. But not because you're strong enough or determined enough or spiritual enough. Not because you have something within yourself that's able to live faithfully before God. Oh, no. You can live faithfully only because of what Jesus has done for you and what Jesus has done in you and what Jesus promises to continually do in your life. Here's the thing. Without Jesus' faithfulness to you, without his continual faithfulness to you, you could never live faithfully for him. The only reason we can live faithfully is because God is faithful to us. You can remain faithful in your calling, in every area of life, whether it's your career, your family, society, or the church. You can live faithfully because God called you. Because God called you. And here's the key. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 Write this down, 1 Thessalonians 5.24. You can remain faithful because the one who calls you is faithful. The one who calls you is faithful. And then Paul says, and he will do it. And he will do it. So that takes a weight off the shoulders, right? We're called to be faithful in every area of our lives, in every vocation. God's called us. But the one who calls you is faithful. And he's the one that will do it. He's the one that will accomplish it. So when we talk about faithfulness, we need to talk about God's faithfulness to us. It's really not about your faithfulness to God. It's about God's faithfulness to you. And the only way you can remain faithful to him is because of the calling that you've received and Jesus is faithful in and through that calling. I fail when it comes to faithfulness to God, but God is always faithful to me. So it doesn't matter how far you drift from being faithful to Jesus. It doesn't matter how far you, you, you may walk away from him. He is faithful to you. He loves you. He sent Jesus for you. Because he's faithful to you. How faithful is he to you? Look at Jesus on the cross. That, my friends, is, is faithfulness. And that faithfulness is directed towards you. He went to the cross and there he suffered and died for you. So you can remain faithful in your calling because the one who calls you is faithful. And he will do it. And when we look back upon our lives, and we look at, at how we have lived our lives, we will say it has nothing to do with what I was able to accomplish. It all has to do with
with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his work in my life. So you can remain faithful in your calling because the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. And also because you are filled with the Holy Spirit. You are those who have received the Holy Spirit. You can't live faithfully in this world without the Spirit, without God's Holy Spirit working in you. And Jesus promised us in John 14 another helper who would come and fill us. And he would remind us and uh, he, he would empower us. Jesus promised that to the disciples and we are those who have received the Spirit. So brothers and sisters in Christ, you are called by God. You are called by God to live faithfully. Faithfulness is hard, but God is faithful to you. He'll give you and he has given you everything you need to live out your calling today called and God is faithful to us and he will accomplish in us what he has in store for each and every one of our lives and for this we can say thanks be to God let us pray together Lord Jesus we thank you today for your faithfulness to us and Lord it's because of your faithfulness because of your spirit which has been given to us that we can live lives uh, in every area, every vocation, every calling, every compartment in which, uh, Lord, we are faithful to you. And Lord, for those times when, when we are not faithful, when we fail in our callings, Lord, forgive us and restore us and renew us so that when people see us, they see a people who are faithful to the God that loves them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.